Hello, my name is Michael and you're listening to Forever Sound Version, a video game music podcast. do dear friends thanks a lot for checking out forever sound version today this is episode number 51 the tune that played us in there was the main theme from chuck rock by core design released in 1991 on the commodore amiga the composer is matthew simmons chuck rock is a really nice quirky little prehistoric platformer that sees the player assume the role of the eponymous hero chuck rock chuck's dear wife Ophelia Rock has been kidnapped by an unsavoury character named Gary Gritter. Yes, I know. So Chuck embarks on a quest to get her back. My VGM podcasting brother-in-arms, The Dyad, tells me that he reckons Chuck Rock is one of the top 100 cavemen in video games. What a distinction that is. Cheers, Dyad. This main theme is pretty special fully rocking business right here, with driving bass and wailing, harmonising guitar leads. Quite possibly the closest thing you'll hear to ZZ Top in chip music form, or something like that. Today's topic then is the Commodore Amiga. It feels a little bit weird dedicating a shortish solo episode to such a massively important platform in video game music and chip music more broadly, so this is going to be more of a system overview than an exhaustive focus. 
The Amiga is a family of home computers from Commodore International, the first machine being the Amiga 1000, which was released in 1985. This was a seriously formidable computer for its time, offering a great deal of processing power and high quality graphics and sound, courtesy of a custom chipset that included the sound processor Paula, P-A-U-L-A, which we'll be looking at a bit more later on. Despite Commodore being an American company, the Amiga was most popular in the UK and Germany. It didn't perform particularly well commercially in the United States, so I understand that not all that many people over there have even heard of it compared to systems like the Sega Mega Drive, known as the Genesis over there, and the SNES. If you lived over here and you owned an Amiga, you probably owned either the Amiga 500, released in 1987, or the Amiga 1200, released in 1992. These machines might have been sold as the budget versions of the Amiga, but make no mistake, they were still great computers, capable of running some exciting and innovative games. I never owned an Amiga myself, but I had a couple of friends who did. I would always enjoy visiting my friend up the street to try my hand at challenging titles that did not receive console releases, such as Blood Money. The Amiga is also a very important machine in the demo scene. In fact, many will tell you that while the Commodore 64 may have spearheaded the cracking scene that the demo scene grew out of, it was the Amiga that really got coders, graphics artists and musicians to spread their wings artistically from the early 90s onwards. Some of the Amiga demos that are being released today are just staggering. Let's get into some more music now. I've got a couple of tunes from games released by the British software developing and publishing giant Psygnosis. Both of these tunes were composed by Tim Wright. Here's World 2 from Leander, released in 1991, and The Goblin Hideout from Shadow of the Beast 2, released in 1990.
we just had World 2 from Leander and The Goblin Hideout from Shadow of the Beast 2. I really like the way World 2 establishes an atmosphere by carefully filling space with percussive figures and a subtle bass line before the tune develops through a lead melody and some textural changes. You wouldn't know it to hear this particular piece, but the game it is taken from, Leander, is a side-scrolling action game where you take control of a knight trying to rescue a princess. I first became familiar with this game through a Sega Mega Drive version, which has the alternate name The Legend of Galahad. I still have it up in my attic along with my Mega Drive, which unfortunately needs repairing at the moment. I'll get around to that one day. The second tune we heard, The Goblin Hideout from Shadow of the Beast 2, pushed things towards a more sinister direction, with droning low strings and a pervasive heavy drumbeat. The game Shadow of the Beast 2 can almost be understood as more of an Amiga tech demo than a game. Like its prequel, it doesn't have a great deal to write home about in terms of gameplay, but its visuals are stupendous for the time, with loads of detail in its backgrounds and sprites. Before we play our next tunes, let's have a quick look at the Amiga's sound hardware. As I mentioned earlier, the Amiga produces sound through its Paula chip, which gives the composer four channels to play with, two for the left and two for the right, giving the general sound a stereo quality, which was absent in earlier systems like the Commodore 64. These four channels are 8-bit PCM sample channels, so composers were required to load audio samples, like, say, single drum hits or piano notes, before putting their tunes together. It's a similar situation to composition for the SNES, which was first released in Japan five years after the Amiga 1000. Despite the Atari ST, which was the Amiga's main competition during its commercial life, having MIDI functionality, it only had a three-channel PSG, so only a contrarian would argue that the ST was the better machine for music and sound. Don't get me wrong, the demo scene is producing some pretty tasty music for the ST these days, but the Amiga is just in another league, really. The next two tracks I'm going to play are by two composers who cut their teeth by producing music for 8-bit systems like the Commodore 64, before continuing their careers on 16-bit platforms. Think of how the legendary Rob Hubbard went from mostly making SID tunes to working on Sega Mega Drive titles for electronic arts. Here's Main Theme from Speedball, composed by David Whittaker, and in-game BGM from Switchblade, composed by Ben Daglish.
theme from Speedball and in-game BGM from Switchblade there. Speedball is one of my favourite Amiga games, and it has a pretty solid port on the Commodore 64 too. It's a kind of future sports title, a cross between football, that is, soccer, my football, and American football. The game's bracing main theme reflects the game's frenetic action and punishing tackles. Like Chuck Rock, Switchblade was developed by Core Design. It was published by another famous British software house, Gremlin Graphics, a rather dependable hallmark of quality. A much more playable side-scrolling action game than Shadow of the Beast 2 here, and it has some good music from Ben Daglish, a British VGM hero who also handled the music for the games The Last Ninja, Crackout and Motorhead which you better believe is an Amiga game about the heavy metal band. I've been having a quick go of that one quite recently, and actually it's not all that bad. Streets of Rage-esque in its gameplay, except you control Lemmy, whacking enemies with your guitar and breathing fireballs after drinking Jack Daniels. Well, what did you expect? Moving on, and it's time for a pair of tracks from a pair of moody Amiga top-down shooters. Here's Menu from Alien Breed, composed by Alistair Brimble, and Intro from The Chaos Engine, composed by Richard Joseph.
the dark, brooding menu tune from Alien Breed, and the positively ravey intro tune from The Chaos Engine. Yes, I did it again. I managed to fit some 90s rave-type stuff into Forever Sound version. The Polar Chips 4 channels work overtime to deliver volleys of breakbeats, sirens, and pulsating bass lines. It's one that I hope Rob from Rhythm and Pixels enjoyed. The Chaos Engine is a true Amiga classic, 
developed by the Bitmap Brothers. For my money, it's a sort of supercharged version of Gauntlet, so if Gauntlet is the kind of game that you're into, you could do a lot worse than give it a try. In a review of the Chaos Engine published in March 1993, Amiga Action Magazine wrote, One look at this, and it's obvious that the Bitmap Brothers' sole intention is to get back up on the award winner's podium. You'll notice all of the Bitmap's trademarks. Stunning graphics, electrifying sonics and music, creating the most convincing and absorbing atmospherics I have experienced in a game. Superb. Now, we're going to get into a track from a game developed by DMA Design, the team that went on to become Rockstar North, responsible for modern classics like L.A. Noir, Red Dead Redemption, and the Grand Theft Auto titles from Vice City onwards. Not that I'm particularly familiar with these games myself. Where did this crew start out? On the Amiga. DMA Design's third game, published by Psygnosis in 1989, was Blood Money, a fiendishly difficult shoot-em-up with a shop element where you can trade credits you pick up in the playing field for things like weapons upgrades. We're talking about the Thinking Man's, and maybe also the Drinking Man's, fantasy zone here. Here's Blood Money's in-game music, composed by Ray Norrish.
hope you enjoyed that one there. It's certainly among my favourite Amiga VGM tracks. In-game music from Blood Money. I'm particularly impressed by its drum samples and patterns, chiefly based around just a kick and a snare, but very effective for it. You're going to need to really lock in and concentrate if you were to get anywhere with this game, and I think this track's steady, chunky beats are very well suited. I have just one more tune left to play here on this episode now, just the nine tracks this time around, but rest assured that I'm not done with the Amiga yet. There are a lot of excellent Amiga VGM tunes out there, so this is exactly the kind of topic that I may return to at some point. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me at foreversoundversion at gmail.com. You can like this podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash foreversoundversion. And you can follow me on Twitter. The handle is fsvpodcast. Also, this September, I will be playing a ton of weird, funny and bad old computer games for 24 hours to raise money for the Refugee Council an organisation that does some really fantastic work helping people who have lived through some truly horrible things settle and rebuild their lives here in the UK. My challenge will be available to watch live via Twitch. My channel on Twitch is Waskerly Way. That is W-A-S-K-E-R-L-E-Y-W-A-Y. If you'd like to help me out with this challenge, you can donate at justgiving.com slash fundraising slash weirdgames2018. That's 2018. Alright, the final track I have for you is a sort of revised version of a tune I played on the very first episode of Forever Sound Version. The title theme of Turrican, called Shoot or Die, which is a very well-known piece by Chris Hulesbeck. This time, I'm picking from Turrican 2, The Final Fight. Here's the game's intro theme, a dazzling 7-minute epic that leans heavily on Shoot or Die, but it has a few new tricks up its sleeve too. Hulesbeck's influences as a composer include Tangerine Dream, Jean-Michel Jarre, Vangelis, various Italo disco groups and new wave groups, and a number of film composers like John Williams and Jerry Goldsmith. I like to think that I can detect both the 80s electronic side and the cinematic side of his musical palette on the track we're about to hear. Many of Chris Hulesbeck's soundtracks and remix collections of his soundtracks are available to buy and download from his Bandcamp page, which can be found at Chris Hulesbeck, that is C-H-R-I-S-H-U-E-L-S-B-E-C-K, dot bandcamp.com. Here's one of my favourite tracks of his then, Turrican 2 Intro. All the best for now.